Good morning, ladies. I hope you're all doing well today. It's so great to see all of you here. Well, I want to um, take a moment to introduce our speaker to you today. Sarah and I are going to be interviewing Terry Moon. And Terry is just a wonderful person. She is passionate about being a wife and a mom and is also a violin teacher. She's um, married to Steve and they have four adult children um, who are wonderful. And I think one of them lives in town and the others are scattered throughout the US doing lots of adventures and education and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, Terry's currently still teaching violin. She's played for the Colorado Springs Philharmonic and, and many other wonderful musical groups around town. So I'm really excited to hear all that she has to tell us about um, bringing music into our children's lives. So let's welcome up Terry. Thank you so much, Holly. And it's so exciting, so fun to see this group. Um, this just looks like a really wonderful, encouraging group of moms. I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. And it's also really fun for me to see so many people that I know. This is really great. I'm, I'm gonna apologize because I have, I'm getting over a cold, so I'm gonna sound really like a frog today, but I'll do my best. Okay. Thank you, Terry. Sure. Um, I wanna pray for us before we get started and then we'll launch into asking you lots of great questions. So, Lord, we come to you and we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful group of women that we can gather together and be in community together and really hear and listen to each other and learn and grow together. And so we just pray that you we would sense your presence today, Lord. We pray for Terry that she would just bring so much of her wisdom and all that she's learned in her years of following you to us today, Lord. And I pray for each woman here that they would take with them and that it would seep deep into their heart, whatever you would have for them today, Lord. We thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So Terry's talk is called, Whatever is Lovely, Bringing Great Music into Your Child's Life. And so we want to ask you, Terry, um, why do you think we should include music in our children's lives? So many reasons. Um, well, I'm going to start with uh, a verse of scripture. It's, this is a great way to start any day. This is Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And I, I really believe that um, God has created us to worship him. And I'm going to when I talk about music and I talk about worship, it kind of gets kind of mixed in my mind because to me, music is a way, one of the ways, not the only way, but it is one of the ways that we worship God. So, and we find in scripture, there's so many times we're commanded to sing and make music. So, I mean, that's the first reason. It's a command. And I really believe that it blesses God's heart. Um, now, when, when it comes to children, music and children, I can really honestly say that there is no more beautiful music I can possibly think of than children singing. To me, that's just like, that's like a, a little, a breath, almost a breath of heaven. So, to me, music, worship, children, it, they just go together. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, mm -hmm. So people have so many different opinions and ideas on what 
constitutes beautiful music? Mm. And how would you determine what kind of music to expose your kids to and what to introduce them to? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I do think that I've learned to have much more of an open mind about different kinds of music, and probably because of my children, honestly. As my children grew up and they got you know, exposed to some different kinds of music, um, at first I was a little bit like, wait a minute, that's not my music. <laughs> you know, I was, I was raised and trained as a classical musician, so for me, you know, Bach, Mozart, Handel, like, those are my favorites. And, um, but I've learned to appreciate a lot of other styles of music, partly because of my kids. I will say, though, that there is a test of what has stood the test of time. Music that has lived through centuries, I think we can honestly say that is great music. So, um, when you expose your children to some of the greatest music that's ever been written, I think you give them an ability to discern for themselves. So then they can listen to some of the music that's being written today, and they can kind of evaluate, because they have already been given a sort of a, a, a standard of what is truly excellent. Um, that, and that makes me think of... Um, this, the scripture in Philippians that says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, and if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I can't give you a real formula, but I can say, try to, it's the best thing you can do is to expose your children to music that is truly excellent. I love that, yeah. I, I love how at the Classical Academy they start every day with mm. classical music, like playing mm. an excerpt, and then they tell the kids what it is, because if I have to hear the Frozen 2 soundtrack one more time, <laughs> I think that they should pay us all reparations, honestly. Oh, the people great. who have had to hear <laughs> the song great. so many times already, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that they can kind of get a taste and determine that yeah. naturally. Yeah, that's what you're really trying to do is give them the ability to discern from themselves. Terry, should we show the video now? The oh, TEDx sure. video? Yeah. You yeah, want to tell to them a little of, bit about what that is? Okay, to kind of preface this um, little video that I, that I found, it's, um, it's a really fun little explanation of what happens in your brain when you are participating in music. Um, So let's just watch it and see what you think. We can talk more later. Did you know that every time musicians pick up their instruments, there are fireworks going off all over their brain? On the outside, they may look calm and focused, reading the music and making the precise and practice movements required. But inside their brains, there's a party going on. How do we know this? 
Well, in the last few decades, neuroscientists have made enormous breakthroughs in understanding how our brains work by monitoring them in real time with instruments like fMRI and PET scanners. When people are hooked up to these machines, tasks such as reading or doing math problems each have corresponding areas of the brain where activity can be observed. But when researchers got the participants to listen to music, they saw fireworks. Multiple areas of their brains were lighting up at once as they processed the sound, took it apart to understand elements like melody and rhythm, and then put it all back together into unified musical experience. And our brains do all this work in the split second between when we first hear the music and when our foot starts to tap along. But when scientists turn from observing the brains of music listeners to those of musicians, the little backyard fireworks became a jubilee. It turns out that while listening to music engages the brain in some pretty interesting activities, playing music is the brain's equivalent of a full-body workout. The neuroscientists saw multiple areas of the brain light up, simultaneously processing different information in intricate, interrelated, and astonishingly fast sequences. But what is it about making music that sets the brain alight? The research is still fairly new, but neuroscientists have a pretty good idea. Playing a musical instrument engages practically every area of the brain at once, especially the visual, auditory, and motor cortices. And as with any other workout, disciplined, structured practice in playing music strengthens those brain functions, allowing us to apply that strength to other activities. The most obvious difference between listening to music and playing it is that the latter requires fine motor skills, which are controlled in both hemispheres of the brain. It also combines the linguistic and mathematical precision in which the left hemisphere is more involved with the novel and creative content that the right excels in. For these reasons, playing music has been found to increase the volume and activity in the brain's corpus callosum, the bridge between the two hemispheres, allowing messages to get across the brain faster and through more diverse routes. This may allow musicians to solve problems more effectively and creatively in both academic and social settings. Because making music also involves crafting and understanding its emotional content and message, musicians often have higher levels of executive function, a category of interlinked tasks that includes planning, strategizing, and attention to detail, and requires simultaneous analysis of both cognitive and emotional aspects. This ability also has an impact on how our memory systems work. And indeed, musicians exhibit enhanced memory functions, creating, storing, and retrieving memories more quickly and efficiently. Studies have found that musicians appear to use their highly connected brains to give each memory multiple tags, such as a conceptual tag, an emotional tag, an audio tag, and a contextual tag, like a good internet search engine. So how do we know that all these benefits are unique to music, as opposed to, say, sports or painting? Or could it be that people who go into music were already smarter to begin with? Neuroscientists have explored these issues, but so far they have found that the artistic and aesthetic aspects of learning to play a musical instrument are different from any other activity studied, including other arts. And several randomized studies of participants who showed the same levels of cognitive function and neural processing at the start found that those who were exposed to a period of music learning showed enhancement in multiple brain areas compared to the others. This recent research about the mental benefits of playing music has advanced our understanding of mental function, revealing the inner rhythms and complex interplay that make up the amazing orchestra of our brain.
all that really makes me, reminds me of, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Yeah. I'm picking up the fireworks part. Fireworks, fireworks going off in your brain. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. That's super encouraging and inspirational, I think, yeah. to involve music in our lives. Yeah. So Terry, tell us what are some of the other benefits other than what you've mentioned that um, would come to our children through being surrounded by music? Yeah, well, music is, is a beautiful gift, and it's something that you can, can participate in throughout your whole life. Um, so beginning learning music as a child, you, you can keep it throughout your whole life. Sometimes the, in other areas, like maybe some sports, you come to a time in your life where you know you kind of can't do that anymore. But music is one of those things that will last until you're very old. Um, in fact, that's my motto in my teaching. Um, I, I say to all my students, music is a gift for the rest of your life. Um, and in I, I mentioned earlier that there are many, many commands in scripture to sing, to make music. Um, and also, Augustine said something very interesting. He said, he who sings prays twice. Um, I think that's because when you at attach music to a prayer, it becomes, uh, it, it uses your whole being, not just your mind, your spirit, it uses your body too. And um, so also, I also really think that music teaches self-discipline. It teaches the ability to do hard things. So when a young person is, have you seen that with your own kids? Yes, yes. absolutely. I'm sure you have. I know your, your kids play music. And they're usually, um, music is one of those disciplines that requires a lot of persistence you will come up against again and again your own weaknesses and you have to like come up with the inner strength somehow to believe that you can overcome those weaknesses and uh, I believe that that is really beneficial for any any area of life anything um, that a child learns in through studying music will kind of bleed over into other areas of their lives. I've seen that happen in many, many uh, cases where I've worked with students. And some of the most fun I've had working with students has not been, I would say, that the children that I can spot right away as, the, oh, they're going to become a professional musician. But it's been watching the kids that I know are going to go into some other field. But I see them tackling this ability to believe that they can do something difficult. That, I think, is really worthwhile. I also think it takes a lot of discipline on the part of the parent oh, to yeah. when they're young. <laughs> yeah. I remember standing by the piano, counting, counting, counting for, you oh, know, yeah. and just, for me anyways, it's been a great discipline to to, to yeah. be in there with them when they're not able to sort of right. keep, you know, keep going on their own like they would be when they're older. Right. Have you felt yourself um, seeing the, the part that you can play as a parent to just be there, be there like their cheerleader? 
you know? I don't know if they would say I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> I hope so. But I think I was like, you guys got to go practice. <laughs> yep, yep. But um, I do keep encouraging them That's and try really to great. talk to them about the importance of it. That's um, because you can't do it for them. Right. You, you can't do it for them, but you right. can encourage them to keep on. To keep going. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah, and my girls, well, my older one has been in piano lessons now for like three and a half years, Mm -hmm. and I started taking lessons like a year ago with her because I didn't learn how to play the piano as a kid, and um, it's been encouraging to her that I'm worse than she is. (laughs) Like, that's been a real motivator for her. That is great. That's really great. And... But, but really, I, I love that I'm learning in front of them mm-hmm. and showing them you can learn as a grown-up. Like, you, so you, can, you can struggle and do hard things and learn new things. Mm-hmm. And so that's been actually great. That's fantastic. Um, so I've heard and I've seen uh, with my own kids that music is a way for kids to express their emotions. Can you tell oh, us a little yes. bit about that? Yes. So... I'm sure you can all remember a time when you were a young adolescent and you felt a lot of strong emotions and there was like no way to express those emotions. Well, for me, in my, in my experience and my observation, music kind of gives you that way. It gives you a really healthy way to express even the deepest emotions, even the And so many times, what makes uh, emotion difficult is you can't explain it. You can't exactly say what it is that you're feeling, but there's something about the magic of music that gives you a way to just let that out. And I think it's really healthy for young children who've learned how to be, you know, participate in music, then when they get into those teen years, where they're really struggling, they can go and play music to their heart's content, and that will kind of allow those emotions to come out. That's great. Yeah, I think I've seen, especially with my kids, with singing music and that also being a great place to, oh, to this express those emotions. On your handout, there's... Yeah. Um, so, let me see if I can find it. It's this wonderful... Oh, yeah, it's at the bottom of the first page. It's a beautiful quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, music will help dissolve your perplexities and purify your character and sensibilities, and in time of care and sorrow, will keep a fountain of joy alive in you. I love that quote. So Terry, do you think music is for all kids? I mean, you've hinted toward that, but some of us out there might be thinking, well... Maybe, you know, I've kind of tried to expose my child and I don't know if they're very musically inclined or they're not that interested. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what would you say to that? 100%, absolutely, yes, yes. And not just for children either, for adults. Um, talent is so overrated, so overrated. <laughs> um, I know this because I, I never felt that I was extraordinarily talented. But I've learned how to grow as a musician through just keep on trying, keep on on trying. Actually, I think it was um, Edison, Thomas Edison said that talent is 
um, I think he said 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. <laughs> That's, it's really true. So I think really um, there are some students, in my experience, working with a lot of students over many years, there are some students that catch on quicker than others. They seem to have an aptitude. They seem to just go to the next level more quickly. But it's oftentimes the students who struggle and have to work really hard at it, those are the ones that become really good teachers. I've seen that happen many times. I can tell you stories. There's, um, okay, I'll tell you one, can I tell you one particular story? Okay. There's this one really sweet, really sweet girl that um, came to me for violin lessons when she was, I think is beginning, just beginning high school. And um, she'd played violin for a while. And her mother, when she came and introduced her to me, she, she said, well, she, she's been taking lessons for a while, but her teacher just kind of says to her, I, I just don't think you're ever going to be able to do very much with this. Now, first of all, I just, first she said that, I'm like, get, let me get my hands on that teacher. <laughs> you know, that was the first thing I thought. And, but I just slowly, you know, started working with this student. The first thing she needed was confidence because she'd had that kind of, kind of a little bit beaten down, I think. Um, after about four years, honestly, I didn't teach her all that much, except I just kept encouraging her. I kept telling her, yes, you can do this. So, um, and there is somebody in this room that knows who this person is, too. Um, by the end of her high school, she was the concertmaster of her high school orchestra, she was voted by the orchestra as the most likely to succeed. Um, she decided at the end of her senior year, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna major in music. I never expected that. She got a scholarship to CU Boulder, majored in music, and then she got offered to go, do a master's degree. She's now back here in town. She's teaching, and she plays with this awesome uh, band. She's married. Uh, now and her husband is a musician too. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? It's a Brittany, Brittany, Brittany Brown. She's a wonderful, amazing violinist and a fantastic teacher. She knows how to encourage other people too. So, it's a little oh, story. That's a great inspirational story. Do you think, Terry? There's any? What are some of the common myths out huh? there about yeah. music and children? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. Music lessons are, should only be for children who are born with a special talent. Um, first of all, I've already said talent is overrated. <laughs> and how do you tell when your child has special talent anyway? You know? Um, but I, I really think that music lessons should be for every single person. I think everyone can learn a lot. Um, and gain from the experience, grow from the experience. I also have discovered a lot of people have said that reading music, like, you know, music notation, the little black dots on the piece of paper, that that's really difficult. And ordinary people just can't do that. I've had people come up to me and say, you must be specially talented because you can read music. And no, yeah, see a lot of you, a lot of you are saying no, no. Because you know it's, it's a skill like any other skill. You can learn it. Anybody can learn it. 
And I've oftentimes heard people say to you that if in the process of be uh, learning music, taking music lessons, a child really comes to a point of really struggling, or they feel it's very difficult. Um, another myth is that, well, that's an indication that they're not specially talented, and so we should just give up and move on, Do some, find something else that they can do. And I think that is the point where they're actually going to really learn something important, a life skill that they're going to really learn from. Yeah, so, so the truths that I would say is every child can benefit from uh, learning to love and appreciate and study music. Music notation is something everyone can learn to read. And um, the self-discipline you learn from doing hard things is one of the greatest benefits of playing a musical instrument. Terry, would you say like learning to read the black notes is kind of like decide, like decoding letters when you're learning exactly. to read something like that, or like learning to speak to read a speak a foreign language? language. Really, it's very similar. Yeah, I, I, my my older one she learned to read music before she learned to read. Interesting. Read. Wow. But I'm doing it the other way, and I think <laughs> I've known how to read for years, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Just figuring out the whole musical notation thing. Yeah, that's okay, great. Okay, so we are, it's quite an investment for all of mm-hmm. us in our family to be in music lessons. Mm-hmm. Actually, my husband quit. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what are some practical ways that we can introduce music to our children? Mm-hmm. And also, if we're not ready to make that investment, do you have mm-hmm. any ideas or suggestions for moms on introducing them to music? Yes, yes. There's a lot of really fun ways that you can experience music together at home that really don't cost very much at all. And I'll address the cost thing in just a minute, too. Um, So listening to music together is just really a wonderful thing you can do, even when your children are very little. I even suggest to moms that are pregnant, listen to music now, um, because children, actually babies, can hear before they're born. Um, and I, th- I think I've suggested on your handout, I suggested some fun places to start. If you are unfamiliar with the whole world of great classical music, then here's some ideas for you to start with. And the first one that I mentioned was Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but Vivaldi actually wrote a lot of his music for children to play. Um, he was the head um, musician in charge of a young girl's orphanage in Venice. And he, they, took, they took girls. They a musician in charge of an orphanage? That's so Venice. Yes. Well, I'm not sure he was the Good only. Good Yes. That's the, it's great. I don't think he was the only person in charge. But, but um, so these were orphan girls um, that, you know, nobody knew what what families they came from. So here, this already debunks the idea of you have to be specially talented, you know, have special gifting to be a musician. Um, These girls were known throughout the whole world for how amazing they were at playing and singing music. And he composed a lot of his music specifically for them. So the fun four seasons... I think it's, they're really fun to listen to, for one thing, because they help tap into your imagination. Each 
one of these pieces describes one of the four seasons. So as you listen, you can hear the snow, and you can hear the dog barking in summertime, and it's all um, portrayed through sounds, through music. So, but here's an, that's another side that you can enjoy when you're listening to this with your kids, is to imagine young girls playing the violin concertos that he wrote. Yeah. Um, a lot of people suggest that Mozart is really great to listen to for young children. Um, I think that's partly because Mozart's music is so orderly. It's so kind of, um, you, can, you can always, it just seems so right, you know, when you get to the last note, it's just like, ooh, that's just the perfect way to end that. So, um, so I would suggest you can, I mean, any of these things you can find on YouTube, you can find them on Spotify. It's really easy to find great music, and it's perfectly free. So try Googling the Jupiter Symphony. That's a really fun place to start. Um, Beethoven is one of my favorites for cleaning the house. <laughs> because, yeah, because it's just like, da, 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 go get it done, you know? <laughs> it's, a, it's just like full of courage and, and power. So, um, cleaning soundtrack. Yes, yes. So, you know, adding music to your daily life is just a really great way to bring awareness and fun experience of music to share it with your children. Um, okay, so one of my favorite composers, I would have to say, is Bach. And I, it's just impossible for me to listen to Bach's music without engaging my spirit as a Christian, partly because I know about his life. I know what kind of person he was. He was such a devoted, dedicated Christian. And um, when he began to write a piece of music, he would write at the beginning, at the top, he would write, Jesus, help me, in Latin. When he got done with the music, when he finished composing, he would write, for God's glory alone, at the end. And that was every single piece of music that he composed, whether it was intended to be performed in a church or intended to be performed for the king or, you know, for any purpose. All music was for God's glory alone. And it just comes out, it just bleeds out through it when you listen to it. So I, you can never go wrong with putting on Bach while you're doing anything. Um, if you want a place to start with his music, just find the Brandenburg Concertos. They're so joyful and so fun uh, to listen to. That's just a start. Once you start exploring, you're going to find music that you resonate with or that maybe your children say, wow, I, I like that. Let's, let's hear some more of that composer. And then you're, it's just going to take you on a wonderful adventure. One of the things that we've done at home in different seasons is to pick a particular composer and just like we've often started with Vivaldi and I really love Vivaldi and maybe it's the imaginative part. Like you said, it's almost like a story that you can kind of imagine what's happening and but maybe I'm just a kid at heart. Maybe that's why I really like him. But just kind of focusing on a composer and playing a lot of their pieces so that the kids kind of get an idea of, hey, kind of get a feel or a sense for what this composer's like for a season. And like you said, it's free you know just yeah. you can make a playlist or just yes. play stuff on YouTube so it's it's mm -hmm. really easy and mm -hmm. free to do that um, 
So Terry, if some of us here have kids that are a little older, do you have ideas for how, if we can get out of the house a little bit more yeah. and go to things, like what kind of things could we yes. experience with older kids? Well, there's nothing better than going to a live concert, seeing musicians playing in person. That's something that I think really is exciting for kids to do. So look for, there are oftentimes there are free concerts around town and if you know some of your friends have children that are taking music lessons, go hear them play when they do a recital. Go, go with them. Um, I think it's sometimes it's even more inspiring for children to watch other children play than an adult. So that's, that's something that's free. Um, there are also every concert I've ever played here in town with the Philharmonic or the Chamber Orchestra they always have student tickets available. So check those out. Don't just think, you know, if the ticket seems expensive for an adult, um, they probably have some student tickets. And there are also, a lot of times, there are special concerts that are programmed just for children. So see if you can take advantage of those, too. Um, and then I also suggested that singing together is just the best. It's just the best thing to do as a family. And if your children are starting to learn to play music and they play an instrument, see if you can gather everybody around and some let the little ones sing, let the older ones play along, and um, just have fun playing music together. That's one of my best memories of our children growing up. Um, when um, we were homeschooling and we didn't have a lot of money, so... I just decided my oldest, when my oldest was about four or five, I just thought, well, I want her to have music lessons, and it's, I can teach the violin, so guess what? You're learning to play the violin. <laughs> and, um, and little by little, the, um, the other children began to learn, too. Um, before we knew it, we had a family string quartet. And that was just the f most fun. We used to go and play for weddings together. We played a lot at church. Oh, and you remember the, the years when we played for the father-daughter ball? We just, we really had a lot of fun together as a family. So um, do you think that all kids should play an instrument? And um, how do you decide mm. which one is right for your child? And... and um, do you have any recommendations for people that aren't quite ready like to invest in the lessons mm. yet um, on like apps or something like that to learn? Our, our piano instructor has used this one app with the iPad in, in conjunction with the, the piano. Wow. Um, and so do you, do you have any recommendations or anything like that that people could do to just start out and see mm -hmm. how it goes and if they're ready to start in lessons? Yeah. So I, I'm not familiar with that app. That sounds really interesting. I think anybody, any of you who are interested in piano lessons, you should talk to her. <laughs> talk to her about that. That's pretty cool. Um, first of all, I really do believe that music lessons are great for any child. And um, there's a good way, there are some things that you can do, like we've already talked about some things you can do to experience music to prepare for that sort of thing. There's also um, something called kinder music or, yes, kids music playground, yeah, that is a way for 
children to start experiencing music without um, going to the next step of actually playing a, a, an instrument themselves. So that's a great introduction, yeah. too. Um, I think one of the most challenging things might be picking what instrument they might want to play. I mean, that's kind of... How do, you, how do you know? There's so many different choices. I've had a lot of people ask me, well, isn't piano the best place for everyone to start? And I'm not sure that's, that's 100. I wouldn't say 100% that, that's, that I would agree necessarily because every instrument has its own challenges. And even if you have learned to play the piano, if you decide, say, later on, I want to play the flute, well, you kind of have to start over in a lot of ways. Um, think about um, what your family might enjoy doing together. Like, for instance, my family, they all played string instruments, and then we could all play together, which was really fun. Um, some instruments are portable. Piano is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I would say just as you begin to explore music and instruments, and some of the books that I'm recommending down below are fun ways to learn about different instruments. Um, as you do that together, see if there's one thing that kind of sparks your child's interest, one thing that makes them go, ooh, ooh, I think, I think that sounds really fun. For me personally, um, when I was a young child, my father bought a record of... He bought two records, actually. One was the 1812 Overture by Tchaikovsky. And the other record was a piece of music called Scheherazade by Rimsky-Korsakov. And, and it tells the story of or the 40 days and 40 nights, the, um, the Arabian Nights. Tells, it's, tells that story in music. And the main character, Scheherazade, who's the storyteller, is is portrayed in this music by a solo violin. So we, I put that record on, my brother and I, I remember we sat there for hours. We were just like laying on the bunk bed going, wow, this is so awesome. And when we played the Scheherazade, I just thought, oh man, I want to do that. That violin, that's just like, that's amazing. That's what I want to do. Whereas my brother, when we put on the 1812 Overture, he heard the trumpets. And he said, oh, wow, I want to play the trumpet. And, and he did. So you never know what might spark, spark your child's interest. Um, I did forget to give you one of the books. I thought about this this morning when I was getting ready. So write, write this one down. I would say it's appropriate for the age 8 to 14, but I don't know, younger kids can really enjoy it too. It's called The Composer is Dead by Lemony Snicket. It's so funny, so, so, so funny. And in the book, in the book, he introduces every instrument of the orchestra one by one. Oh, there's a CD with it too. So there's music that goes with the, the book. And by the time you've um, read the whole book and listened to it, you've heard the sound of every instrument in the orchestra and you've learned a lot about it, quite a few composers while, you, while you've done it too. So that's really fun. Oh, wait, one more thing. On the, um, Sarah, you asked earlier about the investment. You said it's kind, it's kind of a big investment to have music lessons. That is true. It is an investment. 
okay, so I'm biased. I, I am biased, but I absolutely believe it is a worthwhile investment. Um, how much would you pay to have your dog groomed at the groomer? <laughs> a music lesson is probably a lot less than that. <laughs> One lesson, but you're going to have so much lasting value from that. Sports are kind of expensive, too. Participation in sports. Ballet lessons, wow. <laughs> but keep in mind, this is a gift for the rest of your life. This is something your child, you will invest in, not only for the present, but for the rest of their life. And now I'm going to tell you one more little story. Um, this is a pretty well documented. This happens a lot. But there was a story about an older woman who was in a nursing home. She had Alzheimer's. She couldn't remember her children's names. But when someone went over to the piano and started playing Amazing Grace, she could sing every single word. And there's something about music that taps into part of your brain. Um, it will stay with you forever. So I feel like it's a worthwhile investment. That is so true. And I, I actually, the reason I started taking piano lessons as an adult is because I went to learn how to play hymns. And I've been telling my kids the history of the hymn mm, and the composer so as I learn each one. And I totally didn't think they were listening. But yesterday in the car, I heard my older one talking to my younger one like, that's just like the guy who wrote Amazing Grace. Oh, um, he used to be a slave trader. Mm -hmm. And like they remembered the story and it like made an impact on them. So that's I thought great. that was really cool. And, and if you, I have heard from a few of my friends that Music Playground is an affordable way to get your kids learning music, learning to read music and play music. So mm -hmm. that's an option. So. Yes. Yeah, and I also, also, you know, I think there are a lot of music teachers who they, they do what they do because they love it and they want to share it with people. I would never turn a student away if they, I saw that they wanted to do it, that they, that they had an aptitude. And if their parents couldn't, you know, really afford the full price lessons. I've often given scholarships, discounts, um, multiple child discounts, you know, for families with like lots of children. They all want to play music. You know, don't, don't think it's a closed door until you start knocking. I just wanted to second that recommendation of Kids Music Playground. Our older three have all gone through that program, and I think they start about, I'm trying to remember when they started, like three or four, and it's a couple-year program, but they learn, just kind of get exposure to all the different instruments, and then eventually start um, playing the piano, and you kind of go through it with them, and it was just a great foundational piece, so I highly recommend it. Oh, that's great. Terry, I wanted to go back to something you said about, you know, do they need to play piano first, or can they start with anything? Would you say the crossover between different instruments would be you're, you're picking up rhythm or what other kinds of things can you transition from instrument oh, to yes. instrument? So there is one thing about playing the piano that is kind of, kind of a help. It's a visual aid almost because you have all the notes right there in front of you. you know? um, I've often seen children who are kind of dyslexic. They... Or kind of can grab onto that. Um, it's helpful for them. Um, and yes, you're right. 
the different aspects of music involving um, rhythm, counting, um, melody, a lot of those, I mean, all of those things cross over many different um, instruments. A lot of times, people who play an instrument, they, they're able, they're, they, they can learn to sing pretty well, too. I mean, um, so I guess I'm saying if you start with one instrument, start with piano because you have it in your house. Let's say, you know, you have a piano. So, hey, piano lessons, that's a great place to start. Um, if you decide somewhere along the way your child just has this longing to play the French horn, well, you know, that's, they're already going to have a little bit of a foundation um, and some things that they can take along with their, their music, their lessons in the French horn. So does that help? That helps. Thank you. So you've given us quite a few recommendations for the different ages. Could you take a few minutes just to maybe just give us a little briefing on each one or a few of them on the, oh, on the, resources, the resources? Just so people know, yes. like Zin Zin, oh, okay, like sure. what that's about yes. and some of the other ones. Um, yeah, the, the, this first book. These are, these are like picture books that are really fun. This uh, Zin Zin Zin, a violin, is, it's a, you can tell it's got a lot of, uh, it's going to have a lot of um, alliteration. So it's got a fun, fun to say, fun to, um, to, um, to sing along. Um, and I believe, I believe it has a CD that goes with it, but I'm not sure on that. Anyway, that's like sort of like an introduction to different instruments. It's not just about the violin. Um, Never play music right next to the zoo is it's it's a really cute story about a a boy and his family that was at an outdoor concert, and there happened to be a zoo right next to the to the band shell where the concert was being played, and he's kind of getting bored, so he's imagining what would happen if all of the animals at the zoo left the zoo and came over and started playing the instruments in the orchestra. So that's really fun. Um, the Carnival of the Animals is actually based on a famous piece of music by a French composer, uh, Camille Saisons, and in this piece of music, he um, takes one animal and sets that animal, he gives that animal a special piece of music all of its own, and so this would be this book and CD, it's, it just brings that to life, so you can listen to the music and and see the illustrations of the different animals. Those are, those are really fun books for young kids. Um, the story of the orchestra, again, that's an introduction to different instruments for a little bit older children, and there's a CD with it. The Young People's Guide to Classical Music, that's almost like, a, almost like a little bit of an encyclopedia. So if a child is starting to develop an interest in music, that's a great thing to add to their their resource list. Um, you know, another one that I didn't actually put on there is, uh, what's it called? It's by Benjamin Britten. It's, um, young, it's a young person's orchestra, I think is what it's called. And he, it's actually a, a piece of music that can be performed by an orchestra on stage. And each one of the instruments gets a chance to have a special solo and he puts this all together in this beautiful piece of music. So it's Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. That's what it's called. 
That's great. Um, and then I mentioned The Composer is Dead by Lemony Snicket. Um, and finally, for older children, high school and adults, I really love this book, The Spiritual Lives of the Great Composers, because it gives you a little snapshot of some of the great composers and their lives and what is... Um, what is, was the motivation for why they wrote their music. And it's really wonderful to have that insight and makes you appreciate it even more. Similarly, this um, The Gift of Music, Great Composers and Their Influence is another book. That, and all these, the chapters are pretty short, so you can do what you said you like to do. Um, explore a composer, take that composer, read a little bit about his life, um, and then go to YouTube and find as much music as you can by that composer. Yeah. I love that. Okay, well, do you have any final thoughts or encouragement for everybody? Or should we just move to Q&A? I think we... I have one thought. Yes. Yes. You do not need to be a musician yourself to introduce your children to great music. Make it an adventure that you share together. And I, I love the way you two have described how you've done that together. Maybe you had a musical background. I'm not sure, Holly. Yeah. But, you know, I guess I would just encourage you, don't, uh, don't shy away from exploring this because you feel like it takes special talent on your part. Just have fun with it. Okay. Well, I think we're going to move to Q&A. If anybody has a question, I'll come over with the microphone. So my daughter um, is about to turn four, and we're looking into different schools for her, um, just charter schools or really any kind of schools. And I was just looking, you know, trying to look into schools that have more of an emphasis on music mm -hmm. or um, maybe something a little bit more than recorders. <laughs> nothing, nothing against recorders, but just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just something a little bit more than that that has, you know, that any schools that you could recommend, charter or otherwise. That is a great question. Um, used to be music was in every school. When I was growing up, that's how I became introduced. Was I was in, I was in fourth grade, and, and the person came around to the school and kind of looked at everybody's hands and said, he said to me, I think you could play the violin, you know, but it was in school where that happened. Um, I actually, at an old antique store, I was poking around and found this little book for um, elementary music teachers. It was printed in the 1940s. And in the back of the book, in the instructions, it said, here's our goal. We will have a choir in every classroom and every student will sing in the choir. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. Music has been relegated to the, you know, the, the, the just for specially talented kids. And that's where some of this the myth has arisen. Um, I do think there are some great schools in Colorado Springs. Um, one of them, I've just recently found out, um, well, it's, it's not a new school, but I, when it started, I thought, man... If my kids were young, I'd really think about this. It's the Thomas McLaren School. And in that school, every single child is required to play a stringed instrument in the orchestra. It's not just for some people. Um, that's a great school. Um, there's a, I would say probably you're going to find some other... In, look around in your neighborhood 
where you live. See if there are, there are a few public schools and there are quite a few charter schools that incorporate music. So I would say make, you know, if you have choices, be wise with your choices. Yeah. I hope that helps. Yeah, we have so many choices in Colorado Springs. I forgot recorders was something I had to be afraid of. Now I'm going to think about that tonight. Recorders are cool too, though. To look forward. Recorders are a good way to start. (laughs) I was actually just going to make a comment. Yeah, our oldest is not athletic, so music's been a big deal for him. And most elementary schools, other than Thomas McLaren, don't really dive into instruments. They do in junior high. Um, But my son does the most. Did he plays in the Colorado Youth Symphony now? um, But he does the. Mozart String Project, and he plays violin. And my second is also doing it. TCA promotes that, but it's with all the schools all over. Mm -hmm. Um, It usually starts in third grade, so if your kid is interested in, like, violin, viola, cello, bass, they're fabulous. I mean, they do Mm -hmm. concerts. They do um, just recitals, and the kids learn so quick, and it's just a way to dive in. And Mm -hmm. my son just wanted to play violin. Like, he approached us. um, But, yeah, if your kid wants to switch, that's what I was going to say, too. They'll have the skills, like music reading and Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, so that's a program that's sponsored by the Colorado Springs Youth Mm -hmm. Symphony, and it's a project where they're taking extra uh, curricular music, like an after-school program, into many of the schools. So... Um, and also, for those of you that are homeschooling, there are there is a homeschool band and a homeschool orchestra that I've heard about too. It's called New Horizons, the New Horizons program. So, so I have a 12 year old who's been taking piano for five years, and we're at the point where like what he's learning is getting hard, and the novelty of it all has worn off. I'd wonder what encouragement or tips you'd have for just motivating to get through the, or just having motivation to keep going. Because I feel like we're on the cusp of like really great things and fun music, but it's just, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Well, first of all, good for you, mom. Good for you for for being the biggest encouragement to your child that they they will ever have. When I look back in my own life, um, my mom, my mom was the person who encouraged me the most. She was not a musician. She just, she loved to hear me play. And she would often say, no, I, I'm just so happy when I hear you play music. <laughs> um, so she was my biggest coach, my biggest encouragement. Um, I would say that what you're experiencing is every single child will come to that point <laughs> sooner or later. You know, there's always a point where they go, man, this is getting hard now. So I, I can tell you this, of all of the people that I have talked to over the years, many, many people that I've run into, when I tell them what I do, they say, um, oh, I used to play music once. And I, I, I have often heard people say, I wish my mom would have not let me quit. I have yet, I'm telling you, I have yet to hear one single person say, I'm glad my mom let me quit piano. (laughs) Never. So almost every, you know, so here's what I think could help you. The first thing is try to help your child see that what they're experiencing in the difficulty right now is not the end of the story. There is a story later on for the 
you know, the rest of their life, they have this, they will have this gift to enjoy and appreciate. So even if they feel like, you know, it's not, I would rather go outside and play ball right now instead of practice. It's seeing, help them see the long-term benefits are so worth it. Um, Also, I think if you can help them break down into little tiny bite-sized pieces, whatever it is that's the struggle. Um, My dad used to say to me, you can eat an elephant just one bite at a time. (laughs) So a lot of times, um, something that's very difficult, you can't, you can't do it when you're looking at the big, huge, difficult mountain you have to climb. But if you can help your child break it down into little pieces, um, that might be really helpful and encouraging. Also, invite them to, to play for you or gather some of their friends around and other supportive adults. Have them like perform a little mini concert for you. I think some of the times in my life where I was feeling the most discouraged, like, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to learn this. Um, When I was able to play, like, at church or for someone who genuinely appreciated it, all of a sudden it gave me a different perspective. Like, oh, oh, people people are blessed by this. This, It's really worth doing this. So, um, and just, you know, just keep... I would say, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> keep, keep on it. Don't give up. Don't give up. I just think, um, I look back on, uh, with my kids, if you put something to music, they would me- memorize anything. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, um, they had this wonderful music teacher at this little school they went to in Dallas. And she would make up, you know, songs to go with different Bible verses and and um, so we still, we all of us still remember those verses because they were put to music. And I just think there's so many things like that. If you put it to music, kids will just learn it. You know, it's just kind of whether they want to or not, they learn it, you know. Right. So even um, this is one of the reasons why I love encouraging families to sing together and hymns, why I love singing hymns. There's so much theology contained in those hymns. Um, And in fact, in the history of the church, this was one of the ways that theology was taught to people that didn't read, didn't have Bibles at home. They would learn to sing great hymns, um, and they would lodge, they would just soak into their minds that that theology would just absorb and you're right, you're not going to forget it if you've sung it. Yeah. Just a quick question. Um, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, I'm not very musical other than playing lots of music on the radio. or. Um, but with my four-year-old, I have found that you know she's at the point where she can learn some new skills and try and master some things. But how much time if I you know put, whether it's, you know, a drum or a piano or whatever, like how much time do you feel like is appropriate or even reasonable to think that my kid is going to focus on mm. a piano at the age of four? Like right. what, what should my expectations be? Because I would love for her to learn it, but I also don't want to like 
push it on her and be like, no, we still have to do this because this is a 20 minute lesson or whatever. Right. What's your thought for that age that's, range? That's really, you've got a lot of good questions in there. And one just general observation that I would have is, although there are some children who at the ages of like two and four obviously have like an aptitude for music, um, that is not the norm. That's not like across the board, I would say. Like, I think Mozart, he was found like dinking on the piano when he was two. And his parents said, oh, something going on with this. <laughs> and they decided to start teaching him piano. He was like a prodigy, basically. Um, in my experience with children, if I take a child and start them on music lessons at four, year, four years old, and, then, and they, they, they work at it for about three years, and then I have another child that starts when they're seven, so they're both at the same age by that point. The four-year-old has already, the person that started when they were four have already done lessons for three years, and the seven-year-old starts at scratch at age seven. By the time they're eight, they're just about at the same place. That's what I've experienced a lot. So for me, something about seven and eight seems like a really good age to actually start serious music lessons. And I would almost recommend, I would almost recommend at the four-year-old level to have them to do some of the other fun family experience music kind of things. How much time should you spend? It really all depends on their attention span. A beginning student, even at seven and eight years old, a lot of times I'll recommend when they're assigned to practice something at home, start with 15 minutes. Start with 15 minutes. If you can keep your attention span and just do it for 15 minutes, that's awesome. Then take a break, do something else. Come back for another 15 minutes, you know? So it's better to, and more fun for them to have a, a fun, make sure it's a fun experience, I guess. And you can tell that better than anyone else as their mom. You can tell when it's starting to become a oh no, I have to do this for five more minutes? You know, okay, hopefully I answered that question. I just wanted to real quick um, mention this app because there was a question about the app. Yes. Oh yeah, there you are. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, we've been using Simply Piano and it's really cool because you just set up like your... Um, iPad next to the piano and it hears the notes that you play and then it corrects you if you've played the wrong note. It has a metronome on it um, and then it has you pass certain levels and so you can have several profiles on there as well. So my husband and I have used it to learn. It's a little bit tricky for my six-year-old. I'm not sure yet if it's a good place to start um, just because of the metronome. And I don't know what you think about that. Like, huh. he's, been, he's been able to do 15 minutes without having a complete meltdown. <laughs> That's great. Um, but it is really frustrating. And so just because he's getting the notes, but not exactly at the right second every time. And so mm. I've kind of been trying to feel out what's good for how much to push him in that. And right. But it's a great app anyway, because you brought up the piano app question. I thought, wow, I'd so this is called Simply Piano. Yes, yes. How much does it cost? It's under 100 a year. I don't remember the exact number. Oh, but so it's like a subscription. So like the cost of one 
less mm-hmm. than with. That's definitely <laughs> that's definitely less than the cost of lessons. Exactly. And I, it seems like that might be a good introduction to basic music. Yeah. Where you're going to learn a lot about rhythm and and you know the physical aspect of actually playing an instrument. However, I would say that when it comes to really learning good technique to actually play a real piano, you, you're going to need a teacher for that. So, but it sounds like a great way to start. Yeah. Thanks, Terry. Um, yeah, I really liked what you had to say about um, not letting your kids quit. My mother-in-law made a valiant effort, but my husband was constantly trying to quit his lessons. Like, he made a sign that said, free piano, tried to give the sign away while she was at work. And then ultimately, she let him quit when he broke his arm running away from the piano teacher. So, yes. So, um, wow. but so far, we haven't had the resistance in our house against the lessons. Our teacher is amazing. So, I love the lessons so far. It's been an awesome experience. That's great. And sharing it as a family is probably making it a lot more fun for your kids, too. Great. And if anybody wants violin lessons, you can talk to Terry. <laughs> well, let's give Terry a hand for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Bless all of you. Bless you. And Terry said she'll stay around for a little bit if anybody wants to come up and ask her any questions. And now we'll just segue to our discussions. And all the table leaders have um, just a handful of questions to throw out. So feel free to dig a little bit more into this conversation. (laughs) 